Welcome to the 12th edition of From the Stands podcast. I'm joined here by my co-host, Lance. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the 12th episode of From the Stands podcast, everybody. I was trying to do a little master's intro, but Joe couldn't stick with it. He really doesn't like golf. I'm not the best at my way. Let's go on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll hop right into it. Pick them. Lance is screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Lance Fuck is yeah. absolutely screwed. I got two points on Lance this past week. Lance was really, really, really trying to get me. Um, but he just fell a little short. It didn't, it didn't work. <clears throat> it did not work. I got the San Diego State against FAU game right. Bullshit. Dude, Lance was so upset. We're sitting there on the couch, and I see him run down. I'm like, take the timeout. Take the timeout. Take the timeout. Dude gets to his spot on the floor. I'm like, no. He shoots. I'm like, no, holy shit! I was hitting Lance, and Lance just had his head in his hands. Man, was so, so upset. So that was Lance's first point loss, and then my Hawks beat the Dallas Mavericks. I told you it was going to happen. Even more BS. The Mavericks suck, though. So do the Hawks. Not really. They're not good. Well, fair enough. Fair Mavericks enough. have absolutely zero defense whatsoever. Also a valid point. Very valid point. The math suck, bro. The math suck. Luca and Kyrie is not working out. They went from what? The five seed? Five or six seed? Yeah. So now they're not even going to make the play-in. Nope. They're not even in the play-in right now. All right. We'll go over our, our scores real quick. So Joe is still in the lead at 32. Dominating. I'm one point behind with 31. A long point. And Lance is in sole possession of dead last with 27 points. Dead last. Dead to rights, man. First, we'll call it match on the pick this week, is Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. You're going first. Oh, I'm going first? Yeah. Everybody wants to hear my solid picks this week. Adesanya Pereira. So this is an interesting fight. Um, technically this would be the rematch in UFC, but Herrera has now beaten Adesanya once in the UFC for the title and twice in professional kickboxing. He just has Izzy's number, man. Like, I don't, I don't think there's much that Izzy can do here. Herrera's got better striking. He played pretty good defense against Adesanya last time, and then he called him in either the fourth or the fifth round with just a couple hard punches, sent Izzy to the ground, and that's how it ended by TKO. I'm going to rock with Pereira this week. After so many times facing each other, it's got to it, – something's got to give at some point. It's not. I mean, I just – Adesanya doesn't want to take that. He, he's tired of taking that L, and I think he's prepared for this fight a little differently, and I think he's going to come out with it. I'm taking Adesanya. Well, you you got to pick pretty much opposite of me this week anyway, so. Where is Pereira from? Brazil. I'm like 99% sure. So that means he probably knows jiu-jitsu? Uh, he, yeah, but I wouldn't say like jiu-jitsu is his specialty. I'm taking the Brazilian fuck. Give me Pereira. Give me Pereira. Okay. Second fight on the card. Masvidal and Burns. Y'all are making me go first again? We don't switch it up in the in the middle. You went first last week. All right. And I picked every game first, yeah. All right, whatever. 
I am rocking with Gilbert Burns. I don't think Masvidal has anything left in the tank at 38 years old, much to the dismay of the Miami crowd, Gamebred's hometown. I think that Gilbert Burns is going to grind this match out. Unless Masvidal can catch him with a left hook, I don't think he has anything for Burns. Burns has better grappling. Burns is a better... Burns has a better chin, in my opinion, and Masvidal has taken an absolute beating in his last three matches. I think this pretty much ends it for the once title contender in Jorge Masvidal. I think people are counting him out, and I don't think he appreciates that very much. Again, you just have to go opposite of me. I'm going to take Masvidal. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) Jogger. I think Masvidal is a tad bit overrated. After that flying knee kick that he threw and, like, what? The Ben Askren fight? Yeah, I mean... That's really where everybody really knew. I mean, that's where I knew his name was from that. Yeah, that or street fighting. So unless he hits, catches Burns off guard with like a another flying knee kick or some wild shit like that, I don't think he's going to win. So if I'm putting money on I'm putting money on Burns. Okay. All right. Next, we've got one of golf's, it, it is golf's most prestigious event. We've got the Masters. Now, the way this one will work is we'll each make a pick. Whoever's guy finishes the highest in the standings automatically gets a point. If your guy finishes first, if he wins the event, you get two points. You get the point for him obviously finishing first out of the three guys that are picked here, as well as a point for winning the overall event. I'm going to go first. I am taking someone who is an automatic lock for the top ten. Will he repeat as Masters champ? That's... Remain to be seen. Only three guys have done it before. One of those guys is in the field this week, Tiger Woods, but I'm not going with Woods. An automatic top ten lock. We're going Scotty Scheffler. You like taking just the just the easy pick, huh? That's the good pick. Based on what I've seen from the Masters the last few years, it's usually not one of the top guys who takes it home. It's usually some guy who was pretty solid but kind of on the outside looking in in terms of, like, odds and who's the favorite. So I'm going to follow that trend. I'm taking Victor Hovland. He's, like, he's favored, like, 28-1 to to win the tournament, and he's played pretty well his last few tournaments. He finished third in the players, and um, I think he's going to get it done this week. It's always somebody who you're, like, Really? There? My dark horse pick was Jason Day. That's a fair pick, but like... I just couldn't I couldn't go that far. I wanted to go automatic top ten. You need the two points. I'm okay with just the one point, and Scotty's an, an automatic top ten finish. Just guys like Sergio Garcia, Danny Willett, Tiger in 2019. Tony Finau. Tony Finau's never won the Masters. Tony Finau's <laughs> never won the Masters. Even Scotty last year wasn't really everyone's pick to win the Masters, so... It'll be interesting for sure. Joe, who do you got here? You can't follow me on this pick, so. Oh, I can't? No. <laughs> who made that rule? You can't take the same player I'm taking. Because then I, then neither one of us gets a point if he finishes. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> Bulls, that's bullshit. Pim-daz. Hell no. Pimdaz. Uh, well, uh, I guess give me the best golfer in the world, Rory McIlroy. It'll be interesting to see with, the, with live golfers being able to be in the tournament this year. For probably the last time, 
It'll be definitely interesting to see Rory come out and play as the new spokesperson of the PGA. But Rory's going to kick ass. It's going to be scripted just like the Super Bowl. They're going to make sure their poster boy wins. No, I don't. I don't yeah. think so. I think he would have won a tournament by now if it was going to be scripted. No, no, no. They're saving it for the big one. If anybody was going to be scripted to win this week, it would be Tiger. Nah, Tiger's the old guard. It's it's going to be like the passing. Tiger old is guard the reason from, from Tiger to Rory. Tiger is the reason that people our age watch golf. I don't want people already don't watch golf. Well, <laughs> I think all it's right, fair enough. Rory, we'll see. We'll see. I really, Victor. I would, I would really like Scotty to win this week and give me those two points and it's, let me leapfrog Joe in the standings. I think it's going to be tough for Scotty to win because he's going to be caught up with all the pre-tournament festivities. Like he's got a, he's he's got his Masters dinner. His menu, know. by the way, is absolutely insane. Somebody invite me to the Masters dinner. That is a pretty good dinner. I would love to eat some of some of Scotty's menu this year. But like oh. all the. Oh. <laughs> All the speeches he's gonna have to give, the Masters dinner, the press conferences—he's they're gonna they're gonna catch him up in all the. Uh, all Victor the, Hovland's a terrible pick, by the way. We're gonna move on though. We'll, we'll circle. See. We'll circle back to the Masters. Next game, we got Suns and Lakers. Ooh, I'm rocking with Kevin Durant and the on fire Suns. I'm rocking with the, the contenders. On, the on fire. The contenders—they know what they're playing for, and they're hungry, and they're going after it. This, they're 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 getting it done. KD's gonna shit on him. Where's the game at? I would assume the way Lance wrote this down that it's in LA. Let me double check for you. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like I, I might break the mold on this one because that's a uh, the Suns already know what they're up against. They don't they don't have anything to fight for really. I mean, I guess it's in LA. I'm taking a look at tenders, man. Let's okay. go. <laughs> All right. Did you see AD the other day drop 40? If he plays like that, the, the Suns aren't going to be able to beat him. He's we'll like, see how long Anthony Davis can keep this up. He's like the only dude in the league right now with like five games of 35 or more last month. And he also played like shit the entire season. So we'll we'll see if he can keep it up. Kicking it into high gear for the playoffs. All right, last game on the slate. We got the Golden Knights versus the Stars. And hockey has not been kind to me recently. It has not been kind to me. I am 0-2 in our last two hockey game picks. You started off real hot. And I started off real hot. Bit. It's really tapered off. I The Stars have won the first two matchups of the season against the Golden Knights. Stars are a little bit lower in the standings from what I can remember looking at. I don't know much about any hockey players, so I'm just going to pick the Stars to take the season sweep. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row, so I'm taking Vegas, baby. Obvious. <laughs> Where is this game at? <laughs> <laughs> would you like me to look for you, Joe? Yes, I would. I'm going to have to start putting at wherever these games are because that's the only way Joe makes his pick. Well, I mean, it he, makes a difference. Uh, somewhat. If you're at some some uh, hockey arenas, they throw, like, fucking dead fish onto the uh, ice, so you never know. All right, that game is on – what day is that game on again, Lance? It was – I think Saturday. Saturday. It is – It's in Dallas. It's in and Dallas. Ooh, okay. It's in Dallas. All right. I'll go Stars then. Going Stars? Home field advantage, yeah. All right, so I really need the Suns to win this week, and I need Scotty to finish top, and I will edge out Joe in the standings for first place. 
It's going to be an interesting final week. If Lance can somehow pull this off, I'll be fucking amazed. <laughs> I really will. I'll accept whatever punishment they give because I deserve it for taking an L this late in the season. But I think Lance is a true lock for the live punishment that we're going to run on his ass. I can't believe either one, neither one of you picked Rory. Just not. See, Lance had a solid point. The Masters is never somebody who should win. It's always even, even with Tiger in 2019 being a four-time Masters champion at the time, he was nowhere on anyone's radar yeah, the, for somebody to win. He won in 2019, and the last time he won was 2003. And it just – exactly. What? Exactly. It yeah. normally goes like that, man. And that was, it was after his car accident, and, like, Tiger, Sergio Garcia, Matsuyama, Danny Willett, these are all guys who are, like – in the pre, in the final, they might odds. be like dark horses, maybe. Yeah, they're on all somebody's like, radar, but they're they're never like. Normally, it's not a top ten player in the world at the time. Like it's normally somebody outside of the top ten, and somebody coming in in the tournament, maybe having finished with some good like top twenty five finishes in the last tournament, and then all of a sudden they just figure it out at Augusta. It's usually guys who are like top ten, like between eleven and twenty, eleven and twenty five in the betting odds. It's going to be interesting to see. First time Liv and the PGA have met up in a tournament, and it's the biggest tournament in golf. I don't think Liv makes a splash, though. I don't even think they make a storyline by the end of the weekend. I mean, most of the big-name guys in Liv, you know, Brooks, DeChambeau, Cameron Young, the only The only one who's played well as of late, even remotely, is Brooks Skepka. He won their Orlando tournament. Um, I think it was a few weeks ago. I don't keep up with Liv because they suck. But yeah, but Cameron Smith has been finishing outside the top twenty. Phil Mickelson looks terrible. He looks absolutely horrible. Man, just needs to retire by now. Most of these guys, most of these guys aren't even competing in Liv. It's some of these smaller name guys. Yeah, Dustin Johnson. I don't see him making a big splash. I don't see Brooks doing anything. It's a, it's a major tournament, and since his run of a few major wins, he's been horrible in majors. He gets inside of his. He gets in his own head too much. Ian Poulter. I don't even know if he's playing this week. You got Deshambo, who is only known because he can drive the ball. He can outdrive most most players on either tour. But that's really all he's good for. Accuracy is not there. And I think a lot of tour players are going to come out this week and be ready to smack live in the mouth, like Victor Hovland. I was thinking more guys like John Rahm, Rory, Scotty, those guys, but. Watch sure, Victor Tony Hobbin. Finau come out and win it, dude. I'm gonna be so pissed. He's all you love Tony Finau, huh? I mean, I did until I got fucked. I was thinking about taking him, but Hovland finished top ten in his last two, maybe three tournaments, and he finished top three at the players. It'll be interesting to watch. I personally am just hoping that Phil misses the cut and Tiger makes the cut, and anything after that on the weekend will be. Wonderful to watch. Hopefully the weather holds off for the it's, weekend, but it's, it's not looking great. It's supposed to be real, real bad. A lot of rain. Not very warm either, which is going to be a hindrance mainly to Tiger, especially walking on that leg. It's one of the toughest courses to walk in the pros. And although they have offered him a golf cart in multiple tournaments so far since his accident, he refuses to – refuses to use it, which I find very admirable. Yeah, um, I, I like it too. He's playing the game the way the game is meant to be played, even if it means that his game might suffer a little bit. 
He also hasn't played any this year other than the Genesis Invitational, so it'll be interesting. But anytime Tiger's playing, Tiger is looked at as somebody who can come out and win, and he should because he's still got one of the sharpest golf games in all of golf. And he knows Augusta like the back of his hand. He knows it better than anybody playing it in the field this year. So it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe the five-time winner can make it six. Let's see. It'll be interesting. Baseball is back. And it is it was a great weekend, I think, for baseball. It was a great opening weekend. Honestly, watching some baseball this weekend, the new rules did not look as bad as I thought they were going to be. As bad as we thought they I were going to be. You. I told you. Yeah, I'm going to resend my statement about the pitch clock ruining baseball. I still don't like some of the rules. Manny Machado got ejected earlier today for arguing with the ump after striking out the pitch clock. Uh, violation, so I don't, I still don't like that. Like, I don't like that outs can be determined or walks can be determined on pitch clock violations, but it's a new rule. It's part of the game. It's going to, you know, it's going to be something that players just have to adjust with. I will say I do enjoy it as far as some of these pitchers that normally took forever to get the ball to the plate. Guys like um, Nestor Cortez. Or like the Clayton Kershaws of the world, like these guys are gonna have to start like actually making pitches. So I'm not mad about it. I just hope they don't. I just hope they keep it out of the playoffs for right now. I don't know. Yeah, how I, don't, I don't know how I'd feel about it in like a big moment. In the no, because then you don't get like those Bryce Bryce Harper moments in what game two was it this past year? Mm, no, it was game five. Game five. It was the game that sent him to the World Series. No, the World Series in the World Series when he hit that home run. Are you talking about the one in Philly? Was that NLC? Was that NLCS? I'm pretty sure because it was against the Padres. They were down. They were down one run. And no, this was like the first or second inning, dog. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, but either way, anybody watching will remember Bryce Harper's electric home run on like the first pitch of his bat last year. You don't get that walk up. You don't get the energy or. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, anticipation for the at bat if Bryce has to come straight out of the on deck circle, get right in, and the pitcher's like ready to go. You just don't get the same buildup that you would. You also don't have moments like Mike Trout against Otani in the WBC with the pitch clock. There's just not as much anticipation. So I would like to see it out of the playoffs. But it was nice to see a game that didn't drag out. I didn't see any games where I was like, even a pitcher's duel, you were like, okay, well, I mean, this game's moving. You know, like, guy gets yeah. three up, three down, we're right into the bottom of the inning. So, I'm going to say I didn't mind that one. The only rule that I don't enjoy right now is the disengagement rule. Really? I don't I don't like that one. That you can't have more than two disengagements in one at bat. I don't mind it. I actually kind of like it. I just think it makes it easier for players who are already good at stealing to steal even more. Like a guy like Ronald Acuna, he can take a fat-ass lead after that second pickoff, Mm -hmm. and then he's gone as soon as you come set because you can't step off. Like even if he takes off before you start your motion, you can't step off and throw him out. It's another disengagement. Well, the rule is after the second disengagement, if if you make a third one, it has to result in an out. So like if he leaves before... If he leaves early and you step off and you pick him off, then it's okay. It's not a balk as long as you get him out. Yeah, but that, again, that's like it has. It's an absolute. If you do not get him out, he's absolutely on second base. Yeah. So, but I would I would get tired of those dudes with Acuna getting on, 
who would pick off like five times. In an at-bat. Yeah, in that's, an at-bat. that's fair enough. They would pick off like two or three times in a row before they even threw a, threw a pitch, pitch to yeah. the guy. That's fair. So, I don't I don't love it, but I think the new rules are definitely going to bring some new fans to the game, which we were all, you know, I wasn't too happy about. I was saying they were changing it for, you know, people who aren't already fans of the game. But baseball does need some new fans, and I think we're going to get it this way. The average game time now is down under two hours and 40 minutes for the first time in a long time. So yeah, the, I, think, um, I think it's going to prove good for the game and building the fan base. I just, you know, as a – as someone who's watched baseball their entire life and has played the game, it was some new rules that were a little out of left field and some stuff that people weren't prepared to see. It's going to take a while to get used to, but I didn't mind it. And I think the majority of people who complained about the rules didn't mind it either. Didn't mind it either. No, I didn't think it was as big. You realize how nobody what? said anything about getting rid of the shift? No, because that results in more hits, which is what people want. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't... That rule made me mad at first until I realized, like, you've got some generational talents that who have poor batting averages because they're pull hitters and they can't beat the shift. I don't know. That one's still kind of up in the air to me, but as far like, as all the other rules, I enjoyed all the other rules. And, like, yeah, people like Joey Gallo or Matt Olson telling them to just start going the other way with the ball and hitting opposite field – when it's you're fair. when you're seeing it's fair, but when you're seeing 97, 98, and then you're ninety nine in on the hands, and people are pitching you to pull, it's easier said than done to just walk up there and be like, "All right, I'm facing Aaron Nola, and this dude's got nasty stuff, but I'm going to take him to left field." Yeah, I'm just going to go oppo. Like you don't have enough time to react and be like, "All right, I'm just going to have an oppo approach this time." Like you're just up there to get a good ball, and you're up there to get a barrel on it. You don't care where it goes. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, guys can place the ball if they want to, especially trying to, you know, move runners over and stuff. I would just say, yeah, if you, especially if you are playing a guy who is, a, who is prone to pulling the ball and then you shift your infield as such and then you pound him inside, like where is he really supposed to go with the baseball? So not a bad rule change. Overall, I haven't been mad at the rule changes yet. And I'm sure Joe isn't either. Oh, I loved them. Yeah, Joe every loved game every game. This, yeah. yeah, Joe watched more games than both of us this weekend. How do you feel about the Pirates this year? Same trash as usual, I'm sure. <laughs> O'Neal Cruz is a star, though. Yeah. I mean, you'll trade him probably at the end of the season, but he's going to be really good. Yeah. You can at least say that the Pirates had him at one point. That's what we do with Barry Bonds. Brian Reynolds is pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting season in baseball. Nobody really looks like a clear favorite yet to be really good. The NL East is definitely looking like the Braves to lose I mean, right now. Yeah, I mean, the only two undefeated teams right now are the Twins and the Rangers, if that's saying anything for you through yeah. only a few games. And that won't stick very long. No. It's definitely it's definitely the Braves' division to win. Um, our lineup looks – You mean the Braves' division to lose? Braves' division to lose. Yeah, Phillies are missing Bryce Harper till at least after the All-Star break, and that's if Tommy John re- rehabilitation goes well. Reese Hoskins, unfortunately, tore his ACL – um, in the preseason, I never wish for a player to get hurt. I like seeing the best guys play the best guys. I like seeing the best talent on the field. So that was a little disappointing. And now the Phillies lineup, yeah, their top five is great. It's and then their bottom four is atrocious. Horrible. It's atrocious. You go from guys like Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Real Muto, Castellanos in the top of your lineup, Alec Bohm, 
to dudes I can't even name because I've never heard of them before. Guys like Bryson Stott and Matt Veerling. And we know Veerling plays on the Tigers now. My bad. Brandon Marsh. My, my apologies. Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh, Derek Hall. Um, I can't even name the other dude. We were talking about him the other day, and I can't. Oh, Edmundo Sosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, guys, you can't even name. So there's a big, big discrepancy in the top of their lineup and the bottom of their lineup. And then if you look at the Mets. The Mets are just going to met. Yeah, the Mets are just going to met. That's all I got to say about the Mets. The Nationals yeah, are garbage. Who's Verlander? He's currently on the aisle with – he strained a muscle near his pitching shoulder. So he will be there for a minute. We did have to put Freed on the aisle, though, but they didn't say – they said it shouldn't be anything too serious. Hamstring strain, he should be all right. Just give him, give him two weeks. They said he sh- he's going to miss this one start. He might miss a second, but there's a chance he's ready to go just after like eight to ten days. Yeah, it'll be uh, – it's definitely the Braves division to lose. The only other team – the Marlins have a chance to make a push. Their lineup is nowhere near good enough to compete. But the Nats are terrible. Poverty. We saw that this weekend. Saw that this weekend. I want to move over to basketball. It's going to be interesting these last few days. A couple teams trying to make a push to make a play-in spot. Keep you saying, got, look contenders. They, they're going to contend. You got teams like the Lakers who are sitting right there trying to make a push out of the play-in into the top six. Well, they are the sixth seed, right? No, they're seven. No, they're, they're, seven. The seven. they're, they're a half a game back of the Warriors. They're a half game back of, like, the five seed right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Um, the was it the Blazers the other night that pulled off one oh, of the largest yeah. largest upsets it against was, the spread in like NBA history. Yeah, it was like the fourth largest underdog to win a game in like thirty years or something. Nineteen and a half point underdogs with four starters out. Two. The they, they beat the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves. Who are also, you know, trying to make a push. They're not going to make the top six seeds, but they're trying to keep a playing spot. The way an ant dropped like forty-one in that game, and they still lost. Yeah, it's. I like how basketball is like kind of getting spread out right now. Like, there's not other than the Suns. Even the Suns aren't playing well enough to be considered like a super team. No, because there's well, a bunch and then there's questions around who can stay healthy in their lineup. Just, With Kevin Durant and Chris Paul. There's just a bunch of solid teams in the NBA right now. Nothing's really nobody's really standing out. But no, the, the Celtics aren't really standing out anymore. The way the divisions are not the divisions. They the, clapped the Bucks, though. You saw that? Yeah. yeah. They beat the dog shit out of the Bucks. One forty to ninety nine. They blow them out both times they played them this season. Whoever my prediction as of right now, I mean, I don't have the playoff picture, but whoever makes it out of the East, I think is gonna win the finals this year. Really? I think so. I think Golden State still has a strong case if they can just figure out a way to win a couple games on the road during the playoffs. They're easily a Western Conference Finals team, especially with the experience on that roster. That's if Wiggins comes back like they think he is. If Wiggins comes back, they're a true contender. Without Wiggins, it's going to be a tough road for them. I think we're going to see, depending on how the playoff picture shakes out, I think it's Celtics-Bucks, Eastern Conference Finals. I think we see a. I think the six. Um, I think right now I'd probably honestly, if we played a seven game series right now between the Bucks and the Sixers, I'm taking the Sixers over the Bucks. Really, yeah, the Sixers? I want to. I take the. I take the Celtics over the Bucks. I wouldn't take the Sixers over the Bucks though. No. No, but I'm just saying, depending on like who plays who, 
unless they meet up before. Well, I mean, they're one and two, so they're the last place they're going to meet up is the finals, final, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so I would say it's going to be a Celtics Bucks Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know though. I feel like because 76ers can contend with them because the problem with the Bucks is that their advantage on defense is that everybody on their team is like big. Yeah, and but, they got a big lineup. But with the Celtics, they're all quick and they can just. Yeah, Tatum, Jalen Brown, even Marcus Smart, but who's been playing really good ball I this think year. The Bucks are hoping 76ers, maybe even the Cavs, can knock out the, the Celtics. Celtics. Celtics before the Eastern Conference Finals. The Cavs don't have enough experience yet, I don't think. Cavs have beaten them twice this season. Yeah, but in a seven-game series, I don't see. I just don't see the Cavs having enough experience. That's to beat I mean, the Celtics. That's not Jason Tatum's not that guy though. That's not a bad dark. You don't horse think Tatum's that guy? He's not a leader, no. That's not a bad dark horse team to pick. I mean, Garland running the one, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell two, Jared Allen down there, Mobley playing down low in the post. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a solid lineup. I just think, I think the Celtics are the best. I think they're the best lineup in the East right now. Giannis has to. Giannis has got to make sure he can. He can. Um, he's got to stay healthy for the playoffs. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah, because the Bucks are the Bucks are not even a Eastern Conference Finals team without Giannis. I'd give the I Cavs or the Sixers an easy nod over the Bucks if the Bucks don't have Giannis. I think the Bucks could scrape out one or two games in a seven game series, but I don't I don't I think don't they know. can win I without Giannis. I think we're overestimating the Sixers. Maybe I'm just hating, but I mean I don't think MB is gonna dominate the Bucks. Like I thought you just teams. said that you would give the Sixers a nod over the Bucks. Over the Celtics. Over the Celtics. You yeah. got the Sixers over the Celtics. Yeah, because I feel the Sixers, like that's overestimating him a little bit. Sixers have the size with Embiid, and they also have the quickness or to get around. I just think defend the, the Celtics. I think the Sixers are a little more well-rounded than the Bucks. No, their superstars are center. I mean. Yeah, but if James Harden. Harden, Embiid, Tobias Harris, um, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, but Harris has played well for the Sixers in the playoffs since he's been there. Maxi has quickness. He's got a little bit of a spark. He can catch fire in a game. Maxi, Maxi plays better than Grayson Allen in a when they match up. I think. I just don't see it. I got Embiid. Embiid's winning that matchup against uh, Brooks Lopez down low every day. If Grayson Allen can't trip you, he ain't gonna beat you. No, not at all. It'll be an interesting matchup. I think the West is definitely a lot more open for discussion. I don't, other than the Suns, and that's if two of their three superstars can stay healthy, I don't see anybody as like a clear-cut favorite for the West. The Nuggets are going to, the Nuggets are like the Mets. The Nuggets are going to nugget. They're going to find a way to take a first-round exit. Maybe a second. Maybe a second. Maybe a second. But Yeah, because right now, who's the eight seed? Like the Pelicans or the Thunder? Something like that. But those, the Nuggets dude, are. but look, okay, the Pelicans they're going to get Zion back right in the in the playoffs. Yeah, man, but he freaking he played he's I don't think he's played more than like 10 consecutive games since he's entered the league. If he can stay healthy through the whole that's series. A, that's a dark off. horse. Brandon yep. Ingram, Zion, if it's C- Pelicans, CJ McCollum, if it's Pelicans versus Nuggets in the first round and Zion's healthy through the whole series, I think Pelicans win. It's an, that's a hot take. So who's Who's your Western Conference Finals? Who's oh the two teams? Yeah, um, obviously the Lakers. Okay, what is it right now? It's Nuggets, Grizzlies, 
Suns. No, Kings. Nuggets. Kings are number three. Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings. Mm-hmm. Suns. I believe so. Five is Warriors. Warriors. No. Uh, five is. I'll pull it up real quick. Just yeah, pull it up because I can't think of five. The Warriors are six right now. Warriors are six. Warriors are six because the Lakers are half a game back of them. So it's the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Clippers. Lakers, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Thunder. Clippers are, are phonies, though. Yeah. They're always frauds. The Suns are beating the Clippers in the first round. Gazies. Yeah, they are. So that means the Suns would play the Nuggets if they win. Or the Pelicans. Oh. I yeah, right. my my Western Conference Finals right now. Well, the Pelicans would have to beat the Timberwolves. No, 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 no. One would play eight. Two would play six. No, because eight and nine would play, and then the winner of eight and nine would play the Nuggets, and then the winner of seven ten would play the Grizzlies. So who does that have the Kings playing first round? The Warriors. Right now, as it sits. Yeah, I got the Warriors over the over the Kings. If they have Wiggins, yeah. If they have Wiggins. I still think there's just too much experience on that roster, I think, for the Kings. The Kings are so young. Yeah, but the Kings can outscore them. The Kings are 24 and 14. No, the Kings are 24 and 14 on the road. Warriors are 9 and 30 on the road. I think as it sits right now, my Western Conference Finals would probably be Memphis and the Suns. Grizzly Suns. Grizzly Suns would be my Western Conference Finals matchup as it sits right now. You're underestimating LeBron. Yeah, a lot, a lot. I think they have. There's a chance that they do damage in the playoffs, but I just don't think the AD can continue scoring 35 or 40 points a game, and their role players are just n- their their overall roster is just not as good as some of these other teams in the West. You got to play some good ball. Their last four games are the All Jazz. All the Suns have is a starting five. After that, they're toast. Those five yeah, but, players can't play the whole game. No, but the Lakers' starting five is worse than that starting five, and their bench is – No, their depth is better than the Suns. You got mm. – They've got LeBron, AD, Russell, Westbrook. No, 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 not the Lakers. They don't have Westbrook. Oh. <laughs> Westbrook played for the Clips. Come on, bro. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, Schroeder, Austin Reeves. Um – Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt, um, Pat Bev. They're like one of the best defensive teams in Pat the league. Pat Bev does not play for the Lakers after. anymore. Why? Pat Bev is on the Bulls. I hate how ESPN has these guys on here like they still play for them. Like after well, that yeah, Westbrook, get them off the stats. Bro. After that Westbrook trade, they went to like top three in defense, defense in the league. Again, I just don't. That's all hingent upon Anthony Davis playing mm. well in the playoffs. If AD can't drop 30 and 10 average in the playoffs, they're not winning. Yes, they are. They're not. They got Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, you got to you, you gotta, you gotta have KD stay healthy. You got to have Chris Paul stay healthy. You got to have LeBron stay healthy. You got to have AD stay healthy. Exactly. So it's the same thing, except for one team has more depth than the other. I'm still going Grizzly Suns Western Conference Finals. And the Grizzlies. As it sits right now. As it sits right now, I would go Grizzly Suns. And you got to bet that John Morant's not going to shoot anybody before <laughs> the Western Conference Finals. Damn. Damn. I think he can I think he can keep his hand off the trigger long enough to make it through the season and then he'll be shooting up Cancun. I don't know. One guy outside of the 
Lakers game, calls him a bum, he's going to shoot his ass. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and that whole oh, team. Talk, let's talk about players players beefing with fans real quick. I got to talk about this. Anthony Rendon. What a fucking tool bag. What a tool bag. Did you hear about that? No. So he's walking in, out, like, he's walking back into the tunnel after a game. Is this a baseball player? Yeah. yeah it was in Oakland, and uh, oh, he's walking God. back to the clubhouse, and some Oakland fan goes, Rendon, you're a bitch. <laughs> you, you bitch, you suck. <laughs> and Rendon looks up at him and grabs him by the shirt, and he's like, oh, yeah, you going to call me a bitch? You going to call me? Four-game suspension. Yada, yada. Damn. Four-game suspension. And it's like, come on, dude. You're getting paid millions of dollars. And you do suck, by the way. Anthony <laughs> Rendon's a bum. Anthony Rendon, he got an absurd contract to fucking sit on his ass. Certified bum. And you're going to sit there and grab a fan because he called you a bitch? Like, are you serious? I would love to go to an Angels, Angels game and be like, Anthony Rendon, you fucking suck. I would love it. Like, if you're going to let the fans get to you that much, man, you shouldn't play pro sports. I see both sides of it because, yeah, you're supposed to not worry about what no, fans No, there's no other say. side. Nope. There's no other side. There's a bit to it because just because you're a fan and you spend money to go to the game doesn't mean you should be allowed to call players like bitches and you and your mom's a hoe. <laughs> okay. And fuck yeah, you. I don't, I don't think you can go after somebody's family. Like, that's, like, that's way too much. But, like... like if a random dude in the stands who has probably never been good at baseball in his life is sitting there going, you're a bitch, Rendon, you're a bitch. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play a child's game, man. You can't grab him like you're finna meet him in the parking lot. Like, I, don't, I don't condone his, him grabbing the fan, but I also don't agree with the no, fan. I just because you paid money to be there and you're a fan – doesn't mean you should just be allowed to call players bitches and do that stuff right in front of their face. Like, that's also just a regular dude. Like, he's just a one. He's of, just a guy. He's that's just fair enough. He's just one of us. That's fair he enough. He just so happens to be in a baseball uniform. So, like, if you call me a bitch, I'm going to be like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? That's, like, so, that's so funny you say that because I was having the conversation at work yesterday when I'm going to name drop here. Chibbert Jones came in to eat, and my favorite baseball player of all time – I wore his number for like a decade in baseball because he was just my absolute favorite player. And nobody in the restaurant had recognized him yet. And I go, walk in the back, and I asked my manager, I'm like, dude, is that Chipper Jones? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go say something to him. And he's like, why? And I go, well, I wore his number for like a decade, dude. Like, he's my favorite player of all time. And he goes, man, you need therapy. And I was like, What? And he's like, he's just a regular dude, bro. I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you he's just a regular guy. And I walked up to him, and I was like, hey, man, like, you were my favorite player growing up. You, I wore your number for years. Like, I just thank you, like, for being a brave for life. And he reaches out, and he shakes my hand, and he goes, what's your name, man? And I tell him my name, and he's like, hey, man, it was great to meet you. Have a good rest of your night. Like, just like any other regular old dude. So, yeah, I guess I can't agree with you. To some extent, like it is just a human being, but at the same time, again, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a child's game. Yeah, he, you like, can't. You can't. Unfortunately, you cannot reach up and just grab a fan by the shirt because he called you a bitch. Yeah, the fans do need to be better, though. They do need to be better. Yeah, we definitely we saw that in the NBA last season. You don't deserve special treatment because you're taking because money you out money. of your pocket to come to a game. 
no. I guess there's an argument on both sides, I'm sure, but you got to be there's got to be some accountability for both, like both the players and the fans. Yeah, for sure. But I think that about does it for us today. I do have one more argument for you guys oh, okay. now that now that the NBA season is coming to a close. All right. Who is the MVP? Embiid. Embiid or Giannis? I don't have I have Jokic's 3 on that list. Really? Giannis is slept on for MVP. Giannis Here's the thing. The Nuggets aren't going to do anything. The Nuggets are going to nugget with or without Jokic. So I feel like his value to the team isn't as great as a team like the Bucks or the Sixers. I don't think the Sixers are even contenders this year without Embiid. I don't think the Bucks have any chance of advancing without Giannis. They're not I really. They're I don't, not really that good without Giannis. I don't think the Nuggets do anything regardless. Therefore, Jokic's value to me, as far as the team goes, isn't as high as somebody like Embiid or Giannis. The Bucks are not that good without Giannis. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just put that on air. No, they're I not. I think it should go to Giannis first. Jokic second, Embiid third. I think Embiid has had one of his best seasons of his career. He's averaging like 32 points per game, a shit ton of boards. He bitched out, though. He's got – Honestly, if if we're going to look at MVP as like what it actually stands for, like most valuable, it shouldn't even be a statistical award. No. There should be – there should really be no stats well, that go you into could, it. Like if, if it wasn't based on stats, somebody like Donovan Mitchell. Trey Young. Could, okay. <laughs> I, I love Trey, but no. But like um, – Like somebody like Donovan Mitchell could be in the running for it this year because of the value that he holds for the Cavs. Like he's pretty much brought the Cavs – him and Darius Garland have pretty much brought the Cavs into contention this year. Jalen Brunson. I would say – Jalen Brunson. I would say maybe Ja, but the Grizzlies are – Still pretty good. They're without fine. Job. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Job. They're still the number two seed, even with that suspension that he had to serve. So, I definitely don't think it should be Jokic. I think his triple double season is just a little overhyped. I don't feel like a triple double season is as hard to get in the NBA anymore, especially as a big man like himself. I mean, he's scoring the least amount of points out of the three guys. I don't think he has the most boards out of the three guys. The only thing that he doesn't that I, play defense. He does it. He's not a defender. Yeah, like let's let's look at that too. Let's look at a, a player overall. His defense is piss poor compared to the other two in the conversation right now. He has the most kickballs in the NBA. Does his, he really? Yeah, his defense lacks hell. Why do you know? Why do you know that? I don't know. I didn't know it. <laughs> and the and like as a center, one of your primary roles on the team should be defense. Like you should be a top-tier defender first, and then everything else second, and he's completely backwards. He's so bad at defense, his own guy postured him. Yeah, literally. Literally. So, yeah, I don't think it should go to Jokic, but they're probably going to give it to him just to complete the three back-to-back MVPs and have a storyline about that that they can talk about all next season. So it's unfortunate, but it's just the way the game works. I think that about does it for us, though. I believe so. Anybody got anything to add? All right. It'll be another great week in the wide world of sports. We will see you guys next week, as always. We're out every Thursday morning, anywhere you get your podcast. 
check us out on all other socials. We put out a bunch of like fun little games and shit throughout the week. So check us out at From the Stands Podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.